if you believe in that faithful God, if you trust in that faithful God, if you agree with that statement of our faith, would you say amen? Amen. Amen. We praise God. And I want to thank each of you. Um, One of God's ways of showing his faithfulness is through the body of Christ. And uh, our family has certainly benefited from the body of Christ these last couple of weeks through Sherry's surgery. And then this week through the passing of her dad. Um, We just can't thank you enough uh, for all of your expressions of of kindness and love and and of prayer. So thanks for lifting us up. And um, right now, I'm going to pause and I want to lift up others who are going through some real difficult things. All right, let's just pause now and pray for them. You know some of them. Yeah, everybody here knows somebody that's really going through something right now. So let's just pause and pray silently for them. And I'll, uh, and I'll close this prayer with some specifics, okay? Just pray silently now for a few moments. What a blessing it is, our Heavenly Father, to have you, a faithful God. We thank you for revealing yourself to us in your word and in your creation. We thank you for the promises that you've made, for the many fulfillments to those promises that you've already given and for the others that will be fulfilled as we continue on. Father, we thank you for the way that you're ministering to those who are suffering gravely in Haiti right now. And we thank you for your, your believers, your children who are there serving those who are grieving, serving those who are hurting, helping those who, are, who have lost everyone to rebuild. And we, we thank you for our partnership with some of those that are there. We thank you for the Thomases and for Luxo Philippe. We pray for strength and courage and wisdom for them as they minister to those uh, who are hurting and, and in need. We thank you for our partnership with them. Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan and, and other countries like Afghanistan where the ruling people are against you. We pray for those rulers and pray that you would turn their hearts uh, from the, the evil that is leading them and, Father, turn them to the truth of Jesus Christ. Father, many of them have heard of Jesus because of his high place in the Quran. But, Father, we pray that you would let them know that he is greater than just being one of the line of prophets. Help them to understand that he is your one and only son, and it's only through him that people can have forgiveness of sins, that people can have a relationship with you. Expose the lie of that which they've been taught in their very hearts and minds, Father. We pray that you would turn them, even during this reign of terror that they're beginning in Afghanistan, and that they have already been involved in in numerous other countries. And we pray that your children, our brothers and sisters in Christ in those places, would stand firm in their faith, As we lift them up, Father, and others around the world lift them up, Father, we pray that you'd fill them with your spirit and encourage them. Make them strong witnesses, even through the thunder and fire that they're experiencing right now. And we pray for family members of those who are are suffering and separated from each other. 
We pray that you would encourage each of their faith and remind them of the promises that you've made of eternal life and of eternal glory in your presence. Father, we pray for the Berger family as they go through this loss of Eric's dad last night. We pray that you would encourage Eric and Candace and Banner and Beasley. Father, we thank you for them and pray that you would just lift them up, fill them with your spirit. Help us to surround them with the comfort and love that you've shown us. And we thank you for what you'll do through them through this difficult time. Gird them up, Father. Strengthen them. And Father, you know all the other prayers that have been lifted up during this time. We thank you for your knowledge of all these things and that we can turn to you, that we can count on you because you are a faithful God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 5, and I think I'm going to need my glasses this morning because I think it's dusty up here. I want to help you understand why we did what we did uh, with Pastor Dan earlier up here. Now, he's not in here right now because he's back to work. Um, we gave him a, f- a few minutes break here. Um, but I want you to understand uh, why, we, why we did this, why we did what we did. Um, as we read from Psalm 133 under Mark's leadership this morning, you might have wondered, why is, why is the psalmist talking about this oil, you know, running on the head and, and the hair and the beard, even Aaron's beard? You know, what's that all about? A long time ago, back in the Old Testament, when the, when the priests were, were consecrated or set aside for God's service, they were anointed with oil. And Aaron was, the, was like the epitome of all the priests. You know, he, was the, he was kind of the father of the, of the tribe of the priestly line. And, um, and so to think of the oil going down on Aaron's beard and, and on his robes, that was a, that was a great blessing. Um, because that's what they did. They, they anointed those, those priests and, and prophets and kings, um, they were anointed with that oil. And then in the New Testament, we see the anointing of, with the oil in, in, uh, in James' letter in chapter 5 is, is kind of transferred to the prayer, of, prayer for healing. But the, God used this laying on of hands uh, ministry and ceremony to set people aside for special service. They used the laying on of hands um, for sending out missionaries, which we've done and we do here regularly uh, here at Midway. Uh, the, the laying on of hands and praying for that person or that group of people as they, as they go on special mission. We saw that happen with the Apostle Paul and his group in, a, in, a, in Acts 13. Also, the laying on of hands was used by the, by the apostles themselves. There were times when the apostles would, would lay their hands on a new believer in Christ before that because there was a transition period in the, as the church was beginning where the Holy Spirit wouldn't come until the apostles verified in that, in that community or in that area um, the work of the Lord and, and that salvation had come, especially when he was dealing with Gentiles. And the Holy Spirit would come on that person then, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit when the apostles would lay their hands on them. There were even times when onlookers would watch that and see what was going on and say, hey, could you let me in on this? Could I, could I start doing that? They even, they even offered the, the apostles money you know, so to give them that power to do that. And of course, the apostles didn't take that and said, that's not what this is about. But that happened to Timothy. 
We see in 2 Timothy, we're not going to read that this morning, but we see in 2 Timothy where the Apostle Paul mentions that that Timothy received gifts from God, the the gifts of the Holy Spirit, when Paul laid his hands on him, when when he became a Christian. But then they also used the laying on of hands to set apart leaders for the church, pastors and elders in particular. And here in 1 Timothy chapter 5, we're going to look at a passage um, that will remind us of why we did what we did with Dan Nichols this morning, why we've done it in the past with Mark Lilge, uh, why another church in another place and time did that with me. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 5, starting with verse 21, says, I charge you, this is Paul to Timothy now, Timothy who he led to faith in Christ, who he laid his hands on when the Holy Spirit came on him, very close relationship. Timothy's now a, a young leader in the church, probably at Ephesus at this time. He says, I charge you in the sight of God and of Christ Jesus and the elect angels to keep these instructions without, without partiality and do nothing out of favoritism. Wouldn't it be nice to live in a place like that? That's what the church is supposed to be. And then he says this in verse 22. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands. And do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Now here, Paul's encouraging Timothy, and as you read 1 Timothy in its entirety, you see the numerous places he talks about leaders of the church, elders and deacons pastors. And Timothy had the responsibility of of helping train some of these these individuals, especially at this time in the church of Ephesus. But Paul gives him some some very careful instructions concerning those things. In chapter 3, he talks about the the qualifications of the elders and the deacons and those kind of things, which which we talk about regularly here at Midway before we elect and ordain elders and deacons here. But, but here, the Apostle Paul, not clarifying which of the laying on of hands he's talking about, but we understand this to mean the ordination of leaders in the church like a children's pastor at Midway Community Church, to not do that hastily, not do that too quickly. Don't believe everything you see on first sight or everything you hear first mention. Now, of course, we didn't just hire Dan when we did without checking him out, all right? And his wife really had to check her out. Um, Rebecca, we're really glad that you're with him and uh, that you came along with him when he came here. We checked him out. We were pretty sure he was the real deal. But rather than having this special ceremony and ministry of ordination with him immediately, we wanted not to be hasty. We wanted to be careful. We wanted to make sure that we were not going to be participating in the sins of others, that he wasn't trying to pull the wool over our eyes. We didn't think he was. We had no indication that he would be that kind of person. But we wanted to make sure. And so we gave him an opportunity to show us 
in his ministry here at Midway of his calling, to show us of his dedication to the service of Christ, to show us the kind of husband and father that he is. We wanted to see it with our own eyes. In obedience to Paul's admonition to Timothy not to be hasty in the laying on of hands. We didn't want to do it too fast. We didn't want to be guilty of putting somebody before you and and commending them before you and your children without making sure they were the real deal. We all know of pastors and staff members of churches who aren't the real deal. We have all heard those stories. Many of us know them personally, some of them personally. We didn't want that to be the case in our circumstance here. And that's exactly why the Apostle Paul makes this admonition. I don't want you to participate in the sins of God. I don't don't want you to commend somebody who's not living this life. We don't want to do this. We don't want to commend this man if he hasn't shown us that he's the real deal. Now, that being said, keep praying for Dan Nichols. Because he is under fire. When we see in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul's admonition to stand up under the attacks that we undergo. He says, our enemy, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers in this dark world and in the heavenly realms. So what Dan is doing, along with Rebecca, his partner, and their children. What they're doing, what they've committed themselves to, what they've been set apart to do here at Midway Community Church in our, in our community, this is an important work that will face opposition. And so while we've, it, we feel like we've examined him pretty well, and Rebecca, over these years, and we feel like they've, you know, they've st- stood the test, so to speak. Last Sunday, I mentioned to be praying for Dan as he underwent the ordination council examination, which went well. He came out bloodless, all right? Well, not bloodless. He still has blood, but he wasn't bloody, all right? He wasn't wasn't bloody. We didn't beat him up. We grilled him pretty well, though, asking some pretty tough questions related to ministering in these days according to the Word of God. And that was one of the things on his ordination certificate, the signature of those men who were involved in that council, who agreed together unanimously that Dan is doing the right thing in this work that he's doing, that he is the right man for this kind of work. We're in agreement of that. But like I said, don't stop praying for him. Because the work that he's doing is critical. And, he, and he's not doing it alone. Many of you are, are part of his teams of working with the preschool and working with the children's ministries here at Midway and Kidsway and all the different things that, that are going on. You're, you're a part of his team. He's not in this alone, but he will face attack in doing this work that God has called him to. And so while we commend him to you, as this pa- children's pastor here at Midway Community Church, as we commend him to you to follow his example, to take his advice, to watch the way he loves his wife, to watch the way he raises his kids, to watch the way he serves with joy 
and with a great attitude. We commend you to do all those things. We also implore you, as the Apostle Paul says, pray for him. Pray that he will be fruitful in this work. Was it exciting to see Nathan Rawls baptized this morning? That's a picture of fruit, of the ministry, of the Rawls family, of the Kirkland family, and of Midway Community Church. And how many of you have been a part of the team that's been involved in teaching Nathan the truths of God's word? Many of you. Whether you're, whether you're on a rotating... You, whether you were on the rotating team that changed his diapers for a few years, which many of you have done and do regularly, not him anymore, thankfully. But those of you that are on, on Sunday school teaching teams that have taught him the word of God, again, in agreement with what he's been taught by his parents, by his grandparents, you're part of that team. It's an it's a indication of fruit in the ministry of Dan Nichols when eight-year-old Nathan Rawls is baptized. Oh, Dan hasn't done all, all this stuff in his life. He's encouraged him, but he's also helped people be in place, in the right place at the right time, during vacation Bible school or during Sunday school or during kids' away or whatever the case might be. He's had people in position to, to minister the gospel to Nathan and the other children in the ministry. And our prayer for Dan is that he will continue to be fruitful and to be even more fruitful in this gospel ministry to children and to their parents. So pray for him. Pray for his marriage. We, Like I mentioned, we commend you to watch their marriage. We, we think it's a great one, but I want to tell you something. Great marriages have difficulties, especially when the enemy of the, of the church of Jesus Christ is going to be fighting against that marriage. And you can rest assured that that enemy will be fighting against their marriage. And so we commit ourselves to pray for them as we pray for each other in our marriages. It's one of the ministries that we have together through our prayer meeting on Wednesday nights. It's the reason we go to the trouble of publishing that prayer list every week to pray for each family, to pray for each couple, to pray for each individual within this church. And we especially commit ourselves today to pray for Dan and Rebecca and their marriage and for their kids. James and Betsy are going to have the, um, the great badge of honor known as PK. And let me assure you, that sometimes is no badge of honor, okay? Now, they handle it very well so far, and we need to pray for them to be able to handle that and pray for ourselves and to commit ourselves not to treat them differently because they seem like they're always here. They are here a lot, more than maybe the average um, child because Dan's and Dan and Rebecca are here a lot. But let's commit ourselves not to treat them differently. Not to assume things just because they're Dan and Rebecca's child. Let's care for them 
be kind and compassionate to them and not have higher expectations of them than we have of anybody else and encourage them in their faith as they continue. It's, it's not easy always being here. <laughs> you know, there's some sacrifice. Dan and Rebecca aren't the only ones sacrificing to, you know, to serve in this way. Their, their whole family does. And so let's commit ourselves also to pray for their children as we pray for their marriage. Because it's an extra, it's an extra thing to, to put on somebody. Uh, to, um, and, and I've, you know, thanked the Lord for the way he brought my own kids through it. But again, it, it had some struggles in it. It has some difficulties. So pray for them as they do that. And also, after prayer, continue to encourage them in their faith. Encourage them. Give them appreciation for the things. That, you know, Dan's not doing what he does so that you pat him on the back. But every once in a while, pat him on the back. Every once in a while, let him know how much you appreciate what he's doing. Even if you're not on the children's team, even if you don't have a child, even if you don't have a grandchild here, let him know you appreciate the organization that he gives and the care that he, that he gives to the work, and the message that he brings through it. Give Rebecca some encouragement from time to time. She's not doing what she does for encouragement from you. But give her some. Help her out. Let her know that you know that what she's doing isn't the easiest thing in the world. Now, none of us have the easiest thing in the world to do. But let her know of your, of your concern and your care and your prayers. And let us see ourselves this morning in what you saw right here on this stage as Dan was standing here with these men putting their hands on him, praying, your, his blessing on, praying, praying God's blessing on him. See yourself as a called person. Because we are. I want to finish this morning with Ephesians 4.1. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, as we conclude. Just a couple of letters back toward the beginning of the New Testament from 1 Timothy 5. Ephesians 4.1 reminds us of this. Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians while he was himself in prison. So we can think about the prayer that we've already prayed today for those prisoners. Paul was one of them. Didn't stop him. Ephesians 4.1 says, As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you, speaking to all believers in Ephesus, that spills over to us now, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. He's not talking to children's pastors there. He's not talking to elders and deacons. He's not talking to senior pastors. He's not talking to missionaries. He's talking to all the believers. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Because we have received a calling. If we're believers in Jesus Christ, we have received a calling in our lives. And it may not be a calling that that ends up being on a stage, being ordained by other people laying their hands on you, but you, by the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of his Holy Spirit in you, you have received a calling from Jesus Christ to live your lives for his glory, shining brightly in this dark world until the day you die. And doing everything that you can to live up to this word that God has given us, to live up to this calling that God has given us in Jesus Christ. And so see yourself this morning 
not with a baby blue um, bow tie on, but as a person who's been called by God to the highest calling, to be a follower, to be a grower, to be a shiner for the glory of God in all and every circumstance that we face, in every opportunity. Whether you're a student and your opportunity right now is back at school with your friends and with your teams and all those kind of things, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a business person, whether you're in the service industry, whether you're retired, whatever your situation is, whether you're married, whether you're not married, whether you're a parent or not a parent, whether you're a grandparent or not a grandparent, whatever your situation, live a life worthy of the calling you've received in Jesus Christ. And so let Dan be an example. Let Rebecca be an example to you. As you pray for them, as you pray for their growth, as you pray for their consistency of life according to the word of God, as you pray for them to shine brightly and to be committed to the gospel, pray for yourself. Commit yourself to the same ideals, to the same standards. Oh, it won't necessarily result in a special ceremony, but that's not the point. That's not the important thing. There's going to be a special ceremony in eternity called the judgment seat of Christ. And there we'll all have an opportunity to receive from the Lord rewards that he's prepared for us for the things that we've done while living in this body. And so let's ready ourselves for that great day by living up to the calling that we received in Christ. If you aren't a believer in Jesus yet, I say yet because it's no accident that you're here this morning. If you haven't believed yet, if you haven't believed yet, remember Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way that, that, that Dan is teaching the children and their parents and, our, and his staff of teachers. He's the one that we talk about because he's the only one who can save. And so we want to encourage you this morning, if you haven't put your trust in Christ, whether you're here in our church building or watching online, whatever the case might be, put your trust in Jesus Christ. He will save you regardless of what you may have done in your life. And you may have done a lot. And you might think, that's just too much. I can't, I can't ask him to forgive me of all these things. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. He, as a, as a greater high priest than Aaron was, he faced every temptation that we face and was without sin. So he understands what we go through. He knows how hard it is. And he will have compassion on you. He will have mercy on you if you ask him to forgive you of your sins based on what he's done for you by dying on the cross, based on his resurrection from the dead. He will forgive you. He will give you eternal life. He will give you abundant life so that you can live up to the calling that you receive in him. Put your trust in him today. Let's bow together for prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for this special service that we've had of baptism, of ordination, of worship, of teaching from your word, of fellowship with one another. We thank you for this special service. And we thank you especially this morning 
for Dan and Rebecca, James and Betsy. We thank you that some of their family were able to come and be a part of this service. But we thank you for them and for the work that they do, for the calling that they've received and that they've committed themselves to. And we thank you for our partnership with them. We pray your blessing on them. We pray that they would continue to grow daily, even as they started out, that they would continue that all the way to the end, and that you'd make them fruitful as they serve as your witnesses here at Midway and in this community and through our ministries around the world. We thank you for the special picture that Nathan Rawls is to them today, seeing him baptized as he continues on his journey of following Christ. We pray for our children. We pray for each parent here this morning that we would commit ourselves and recommit ourselves to being the foundational place of, of knowledge for our children's understanding of your word and of Jesus. That everything that they receive here is supplemental. Everything that they receive here is, is encouragement to just continue to believe and understand what your parents are teaching you, what your grandparents are teaching you. So, Father, we pray for each one today and the roles that we play, but especially for the work in the life that you've called Dan and Rebecca to. And Father, we pray for any who are here this morning who haven't yet put their trust in Jesus. Help them to see the testimonies that were shown them today in baptism, that they also can be forgiven of their sins, not by water, but by the shed blood of our Savior Jesus, who died for everyone, that all who believe in him, that all who call on his name, will be forgiven, will be saved, will be given eternal life. Give them the courage and the faith this morning to put their trust in Jesus. And we pray that you would be glorified through us, Father, as we endeavor by the power of your Spirit to live up to the high calling that we've received in Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.